Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I am Nick and on this episode I am joined by uh, Mr. Craig. Hello. Joined by Ryan. Hello. Joined by Sinead. Hello. And of course everyone's favourite, best looking member of the team, Mr. D. Good evening. How are we all? Doing good. Yeah. Staying safe. Staying, staying safe, protecting the NHS, saving lives, something, something, Boris Blunder. Um, hands, stay safe. That's it. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't realise Boris. Boris is on me. I thought you had to say his name three times for him to summon to your podcast. Wash your hands. Have a baby. Give it away. Have another one. Oh. He doesn't give him away. He just like doesn't see him again. There's a difference. <laughs> um, right. Look, a lot of stuff's gone down. A lot of stuff's gone down, so let's not waste any time with this. Uh, I don't know why Craig is showing me a bottle of sauce, but let's start with how we do every show that we do, and that is with what everybody's drinking. So, Ryan, what are you drinking? I have got a Club Tropicana. Ooh! Was that free? free. Uh, it was technically free because I got a um, a barrel of Club Tropicana for Christmas from my parents. Aww. So it's freshly, freshly poured out of a keg, like a proper pub. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. nice. nice, 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 nice. Sinead, what are we drinking? I have got a Club Rock Shandy, which is not a beer, even though Ryan just referenced a beer. This is not a beer. It is like, kind of like, it's like the Irish equivalent of Fanta, but it's orange and lemon mixed, and it is glorious. What's it called? Club Rock? Club Rock Shandy. Everything in Ireland is just better. Clubsy, you it's know. the zero one because I try not to have the mega sugary drinks. I have the fake yeah. sugary drinks instead. Exactly, exactly. Um, Craig, what are you drinking? Leffy, zero percent. Oh, it did look like a bottle of sauce. I'll be honest. I genuinely thought you were like longingly looking at a bottle of brown sauce. Just, yeah, just doing a bottle. <laughs> of, I was bottle so of confused. <laughs> Times are hard up north. I mean, Craig, yeah. knocking, brown knocking back the brown sauce. If you gave, if you gave Craig a fiver, he would drink a bottle of brown sauce. I have I drank a bottle of brown sauce. I'll do it for a fiver. Have you noticed as well? Like, so you don't get brown sauce in America, but A1 steak sauce is basically brown sauce. Yeah, it's in every, it's in every restaurant. It's a bit tangier than brown sauce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I know it's not exactly the same, but it's it's similar. Yeah, because my dad, it, without fail, even though he's been going to America for thirty plus years, every restaurant have you got any brown sauce? And I'm like, oh, we've got a one sauce. No, don't worry about it. How <laughs> my mate, my my mate later sent me strangely talking about American supermarkets, a New York supermarket picture. How much is Ambrosia Devon custard in New York? Hang on, what are we talking? Are we talking a little pot? Are we talking a tin? Are we talking a carton? So talking to him, um, in New York, yeah, New York, New York, 
How York. much, mate? $4.50. $4.50. dollars uh, I'm going to go seven twenty nine. Three seventy five. A tenner. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Okay. To be fair, to be back. fair, it is, <laughs> it is ten. It is, it is New York. It is New York. So, yeah. Center New York, it is, everything's bumped up, isn't it, I suppose? I'm starting um, to see, um, I was in Sainsbury's at the weekend and they've got a section that's all American food. So you can get mm. Twinkies and Hershey's and Lucky Charms and all that stuff. I was just in I was just in my local Sainsbury's tonight. I went for a bike mm. ride. I will now show off to everybody my bike helmet, mainly because... It's going to um, be a Nick special, isn't it? it is gonna be that's a why he put his camera on. He's just like, yeah. let me show you all my wares. We've seen <laughs> the slippers. Oh, wow. Oh, rider. Yeah. It's got Are you solving lights. crimes while you're got, on your way to Asda? It's got indicators and it's got Bluetooth speakers in the of side. Of course I have, Nick. So I can listen to my mute, my podcasts without my ears getting blocked up like they are now, my earphones. Um, Send me uh, the link to that, Nick. Thank you, thank you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, actually, I looked in the same section today, Misty. But I'll tell you what's really weird, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're now in Brexit. Right, we've we've left the EU now. One of the things, you know, we didn't get stuff like Lucky Charms for years because of the EU regulations on food colourings and all this kind of guff, right? So, yeah. why is it now we're out of the EU and we have been for a few weeks? Can I not buy Lucky Charms anywhere? Even the places I could buy them for, from before, I now can't buy Lucky Charms from. What's going on? You, you can't, can't buy Lucky Charms. Please. No, you can't get them over please. here. Yeah, they well, were. Is that surprising, Sinead? It should be. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I thought Lucky Charles was your national dish. <laughs> I mean, fair. Nick, I'm just sending you a picture that I took at the oh, weekend. Oh, God. To TMI, Mr. D. <laughs> no. I said, yeah, I only because only only my daughter loves Lucky Charms. So yeah, I sent man. her a picture of Lucky Charms in Sainsbury's this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, we have we have B and M, we have Home Bargains. They normally sell Lucky Charms, and my and Asda sell Lucky Charms now. Not even in the import section, in the main cereal section for a five or a box. But since Brexit, yeah. they're mm. all sold out. Can't can't buy Lucky Charms anywhere. Mate, that's a London thing. I think London's been quarantined. Section? Possibly. Well, Craig, have you looked in the Polish section? Oh yeah, of course. That that makes sense. Um, next, next to the gherkins, <laughs> they eat more than gherkins. This is what you drinking. Uh, I'm drinking. I'm I'm back on the uh, apple and cinnamon gin and tonic. Ooh, back on that. Beautiful, beautiful. It's nice. Um, I I I I just just was in a rush tonight, so I've just got good old cherry Pepsi Max. There you go. Um, right. Let Let's start off with. The, the news from the parks because I feel that this is going to be the biggest segment of, of the year possibly we've got so much to talk about so um, let's go After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. 
Okay, so who wants to go first? I mean, where do you, where does it, people even want to start? <laughs> where, where, where do you start? Yeah, the, uh, the elephant in Pick the room. Pick a park, Nick. <laughs> the oh, elephant God. in the room, come on. There's, well, there's like two really big like, ones, isn't there? 15. I, I think there's even more than that. Let's start, yeah. let, just because we don't normally, let's let's start over at Disneyland. Um, and the fact that uh, th- th- there's no annual passes, they're gone. I have the the statement from the president of the Disneyland Resort up. So it's Ken Potrock, which is the most hilarious last name I think I've ever heard. So um, (laughs) he said, we want to thank our annual pass holders for their understanding during this closure period due to the continued uncertainty of the pandemic and limitations around the reopening of our California theme parks. We will be issuing appropriate refunds for eligible Disneyland Resort annual pass holders and sunsetting the current program. We are currently developing a new program. Uh, sorry, we're currently developing new program offerings that will utilize consumer insights to deliver choice, flexibility, and value for our biggest fans. What they have set come out with since is that people that had APs that were valid through March 14th will continue to get their annual pass discount. So, they can buy, uh, buy a Mickey Mouse plush when they're mm. getting the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What more could you want? Look, the thing is, so the, the first thing about this, right, that I can understand the, the the uproar from people getting refunds, right? Disney could have quite easily turned around and gone, well, you know what? We weren't expecting this either, so tough luck, right? What they've done, what they've done in all the parts is they've extended the, the, the you know, they've rolled over the annual pass dates while the parks have been closed, and Disneyland Paris, which we'll talk about a bit later on, they've obviously kind of stopped started. Disneyland hasn't had that chance. It's just had to kind of continue on, right? But Disney haven't turned around and said, you know, sorry, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to cancel your annual passes. They're giving people refunds. And people are kicking off at getting refunds. Yeah. I, I wonder about the mentality of people sometimes when that's the case, right? I get it's frustrating, but it's it's obvious that because they have got no idea when this is going to reopen and they're going to be allowed to get people back in because of that what are they supposed to do they can't keep people I think it's a very sensible idea to be fair yeah yeah but I honestly think guys there's something there's something more in this isn't there I mean this isn't just we're going to pause your annual pass right until things open back up again this is the current annual pass scheme is going away and is going to be replaced by something else. That's what people are freaking yeah. out about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Normal times aren't going to be here for years, you know, so they can't just kick it off again when everyone's had a vaccine. There's still going to be limitations. I mean, say Disneyland open tomorrow, and I know I offend people with my opinions of the certain American demographic, but we all know the typical Disneyland annual pass holder. We can all picture them in our mind's eye now. I, and well, no, they will be is, blocking to that park yeah, if on. it was to open tomorrow. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think there's a big difference between Disneyland and Disney World pass holders. But yeah. the simple fact is... And I, you know, I speak from experience, and, and a few of us do from ha- having Disneyland Paris annual passes, right? Yeah, but you're you get, not locals. No, 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 no. But hang on. The point I'm trying to make is, is that with an annual pass, there's always a perk, right? I mean, obviously, the main perk is that you get to go in for the the days that you're, you, you know, the, the level of tier that you buy your pass for. But you get different levels of discount. 
um you know sometimes you know in disneyland paris you'd get a, a, a private viewing area you'd get uh preferential parking um you know restaurant discounts on top of merchandise discounts now every year they'd be tweaked now sometimes yeah. it you know it, they you might have a year where there's no tweak at all but other years there'll be a certain tweak to it or as we saw last year the the uh, priority parking went as a perk now that was still something that was part of your your pass but they just went actually we're not going to have this anymore so the thing is at any time they can change the rules and they do now it's then your choice what you want to do going forward so disney are not doing anything particularly wrong and at the end of the day they could have turned around and gone actually what you're going to do is you know everyone keeps their their passes when the parks reopen you can have them back and you get all the same perks next time they're up for renewal this is what's going to happen and these are the perks you're going to get going forward and, and what are they going to do then either renew well, or it be an absolute nightmare we all know what a an annual pass office looks like it'll be about two or three people you've been to the desk when you're buying your pass and all that their heads must be up their backsides at the moment the phone must be ringing off the hook it must be an absolutely logistical nightmare what to do think, in... i think the main reason why a lot of the disneyland pass holders are freaking out is one the bulk of the guests that go to that park are local annual pass holders yeah. that go probably on a monthly basis so from purely from like a business standpoint i understand why disney are cancelling it because like that park has made absolutely no money for nearly a year and when it does reopen it can only reopen at like 25 percent capacity and even then it'll be a long while before that's the case and if they are purely only letting annual pass holders back in which is chances are that's all it'll be they would still be making feck all money because it's mostly annual pass holders that maybe go in and only spend the afternoon there however i think the reason why a lot of them are freaking out is most of these people their entire lives have had annual passes for disneyland so i think it's the fact that it's something that they now just don't have they haven't been lifelong annual pass holders now yeah i know but i mean i'm i'm sorry you've well i don't agree with big... it i'm just no. i think that's oh, why no, people no, are freaking out <laughs> but you know to me it's like you've got to look at the bigger picture right you know there's there's a reason why it's doing it you're not being punished this isn't a punishment that Disney are doing this. This is because they are trying to work out how to do their business. Now, the thing is, you've just assumed that when that park reopens, whenever it does, it's going to be at 25% capacity. And that's obviously based on what we've seen at Disney World. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. You know, It could be 5%, 10%, could be 50%. We don't know, because we don't know how long it's going to be closed for. So the thing is, and I think you said it on your show um, the other day, that roughly about a million pass holders we don't know exact numbers that's never been divulged but that's the kind of expectation yeah. that there's about a million pass holders now the problem you have as soon as you open those parks if that's 25 percent capacity we are talking what ten thousand people i don't you know i don't know the exacts but it's going to be a small percentage and you've got people with annual passes which says you're allowed to go to those parks. Yeah. And then they're getting told, well, actually, you can't because we're at capacity. Or what's just happened in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So you can't tell me. You can't tell me I can't go into my park. My grandpappy had an annual pass at this park. I will be in this park. It's just... Oh. They, that's not exactly what I did to the Capitol building, but I get your point. Um, they, they just can't do it. They can't do it. And 
the, the thing is, I haven't seen, I, I've not seen a confirmation, but, well, so what I did read is that Disney World have now cancelled selling new annual passes, right? But I thought but, they hadn't started selling new annual passes since they reopened. You could well, only renew it if you had one and it was expiring. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but the, the thing is, it's the, it's for the same reason, right? You yeah. can't sell something you then can't do. It, it's the same way. I mean, on a much smaller scale, me and Mr. D, we had passes to Cineworld, right? So we could go and see films. Well, what happened when the cinemas closed, Mr. D? Uh, they suspended. Uh, they, they suspended the pass, basically. Yeah. And then they restarted it when they opened the cinema again. Now, so they've closed that again. And they closed it again. You know, it's a stop-start thing. Now, yeah. I didn't renew my pass when it expired because mine expired right in the middle of August. I knew nothing was coming out for the rest of the year. What's the point of me renewing a pass or something? And and the thing is, I lost perks because I had that pass for a few years. And Mr. D, it's the same. You got more discount. Um, did you, get, you got free 3D upgrades if they bother to show anything in 3D, which they don't anymore anyway. Um, so all, all of those kind of perks I got for, for being a continued member went because I didn't renew. But why am I going to pay for something I knew I wasn't going to use? So they can't guarantee they're going to show new films. I'm not going to renew my pass. If I had to renew my Disneyland Paris annual pass right now, I wouldn't renew it because I'm not, I don't know when I'm next going to be allowed to go. So I guess I the key I, question, I, the key question for me is, do we think that they're they're doing this only because of the current COVID situation, or is there another motive underlying this? In other words, do they want to make some kind of fundamental changes to the Disneyland annual pass situation? Because we know it's different in Disneyland to everywhere else. It's always been called a locals park, which means it kind of means it's a it's an annual pass holders park. And and so are Disney using this situation as a chance to kind of reset the bar for annual yeah. passes? I I think so. I think I think I think definitely everything you've discussed so everyone's discussed so far I agree with. But I also think the same as what we're going to be discussing, I guess, for for most of the rest of the podcast. This is a chance for Disney to use this as an opportunity to go, right, okay, how can we make more money from annual pass holders? In reality, what will probably happen is an introduction of more tiers with higher pricing throughout, and the lowest tier will be, or maybe the second lowest tier will be the one that most annual pass holders are on now, and you'll have several tiers above that. That's the way I would think that they're, they're going to take it. I, I don't even think they're going to do that, Ryan. I think they are just going to keep you know, the four or five tiers they've got now and just whack all the prices up. They, well, they would definitely do that as a minimum, yeah. I know I've seen a couple of people say that they think because a lot of people in kind of with Disneyland pay for their annual passes on a monthly basis to kind of like spread the cost out of the year because they are very expensive annual passes. So a lot of people are thinking that they'll take away that. So you have to pay up front, which would cut an awful lot of annual pass holders out because not a lot of people just have over a thousand dollars to lay out for an annual pass at any point during the year, especially given what's gone on. So that's what a lot of people think is happening. So if you're so if you're a pauper, but you'll you probably know. just get into bed with a um, a, a loan, a partnership with Barclays or whoever their equivalent yeah, is. Yeah, they, they won't they won't stop that, and the reason why they won't do that is because it doesn't make sense to. 
But what they will do is they will, I, I can almost guarantee they'll have to jack the prices up. Because at the end of the day, yeah. it's, it's the same as we're seeing in Disney World. You know, although, well, you know, although they've had tourists going, they've been domestic tourists, which normally make up a smaller percentage anyway. A lot of their of their business was from either local people or from international, which again hasn't been happening. And the difference between international travellers and local travellers is if you're local, you're less likely to stay on property, you're less likely to eat in the restaurants, you're less likely to buy more merchandise than you actually require. So they're not making as much money as they would do normally. And on top of that as well, they're not getting the money for those people coming in the gates because they've got annual passes. They've already had the money. I'll tell you what, so Chapek on a couple of the investor calls, um, which I've I've been on a couple of... No, he's loving life at the minute. He's got his salary, the the shares are looking good, so he doesn't care. But he, he basically said, you know... Annual pass holders don't actually account for for what people think they do, and, and I think you know maybe not in those exact words, but annual pass holders kicked off after that on sev- like several different occasions. But what you said is bang on; they don't bring the revenue that the international guest does. It wouldn't surprise me that the long term plan for Disneyland is to try and attract international travel back into those parks when obviously things open up and things are safe to do so. Why would they not? Because you know probably the likes of all of us on, on the podcast are more likely to stay at a Disneyland hotel. We're only probably going to go maybe once or twice in our life compared to Disney World, which is a lot closer, a lot more accessible to the UK. Therefore, we're going to spend more, we're going to stay longer. If they can do a, a campaign that draws people from Europe and, and the UK um, into Disneyland, then they're going to make more, way more money. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, and I miss the, I'm sorry to say this, to you but obviously because you are at least on this episode the oldest member of the team i certainly quite a while well let's not say that i was was being very very generous um the older statesman the older statesman there you go um but i've (laughs) never i've never in my lifetime noticed any kind of advertising on tv in a travel agent's recommending you go to disneyland now, I've seen that for Disneyland Paris, and I've seen that for Disney World, but never Disneyland. It's always been something... I mean, I've gone into travel agents. We tried to go about a decade ago. I remember going into a travel agents, and that was the first one I kind of noticed that that was the case. And we went and spoke to somebody and said, look, we want to we wanna go to Disneyland. And like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. And got the brochures out for Orlando. We're like, no, no, no. No, we want to go to Disneyland. We want to go to, to Anaheim. And they're like, oh, okay. And it was all like a proper bodge job. Like it was like, well, we can do this, or we can, you know, we can get you here. And you know, do you want to do anything else while you're here? And we said, well, we, we want to quite like to see Vegas and San Fran because uh, we'll be on that side of the of the country. Um, but it wasn't like a package. It was all, you know, kind of like take what you want, um, buffet style holiday planning. Um, whilst you know, if you're going to a travel agent and want to go to Disneyland Paris, you want to go to Disney World then it's very much, you know, these are the packages we can offer you. You know, what, what hotel? Here's 50 hotels plus villas that we can get you in. Um, so Disneyland is really, it's not it's not that it's hard, but it's not easy at the same time to book a Disneyland holiday. Well, I think yeah, there's, no, there's, no package, there's no packages set up, as you said, for, yeah. for UK guests. I think that's the thing. I looked yeah. um, two, three years ago about going and went on the Disneyland website and it's just not catered to, to the UK guests at all. Well, it, it isn't. Like everything... Everything in dollars, and then you're trying to figure out flights, and it's 
you know, I can see them changing that in the next few years. But you've got to remember, though, I mean, it's it's a heck of a long way to go, right? Because yeah. it's the other side of the, the US, so it's West Coast. You talk about an 11-hour flight or 12-hour flight. And there's only two parks, so it isn't the same kind of destination. That's why the only advertising you'll see is a general advert for California, where they'll mm. show Yosemite, San Francisco, Hollywood, Disneyland, you know. Because if you're going to go from the UK, uh, it's going to involve a lot of traveling. It's going to involve a lot of driving. It's a fly-drive holiday, really. It's that kind of destination for us. Maybe less so if you're coming from South America, right? Brazil. Maybe they're going to try and attract some of that crowd, which, which is a big part of the business in Orlando. Um. You know, you could see that working, but for us, for the for Europeans, it's a heck of a long way to go for two theme parks when you've got four theme parks plus Universal and everything else. Yeah, but you say on this that, side. but then you've got to remember that you get a lot of Americans that come over to Disneyland Paris. Yeah, but it's part, again, again, it's part of a European Chevy Chase National Lampoon's vacation, <laughs> right? Don't forget when we were with Pete Wayne and having our dinner. He was looking at expanding over to because he said Disney America is looking to Disneyland Paris as a destination. For them, it's as hard to get to Disneyland Paris as it is for us to get to California. I think a lot of times, like families and stuff are planning like a Disney trip, they automatically and just kind of culturally think of Disney World. Whereas a lot of Disney fans, if they're looking to like go on a Disney thing, it's to Disneyland because there's very few people I know that wouldn't be like big Disney fans that would be like I want to go to Disneyland California that kind of seems to be a bit more of like a pilgrimage for lack of a better way of phrasing it for like Disney fans to want to go to because like especially for people over this side of the world like DLP is the close one you'll get there in a couple hours and then Disney World because it's so mammoth it kind of seems the automatic one to go to it's just the done thing shall we say and it's kind of seems to more so be if you are a big disney parks fan then the next step beyond that is to go to disneyland and go to the original one yeah. and bearing in mind it's a day the other thing to think about as well is if you're an american coming to disneyland paris you know we talked about how long the flight is for us to get to to california right mm-hmm. but it's almost the same coming from like orlando to paris it's gonna be what about a 10 hour flight yeah. You're not well, that dissimilar. if it's a if it's a direct flight, it, it's the same as coming back. It's for us coming back from Orlando, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not, is it? Because you're going Depends to Paris, where? so that's about another hour on top. Yeah, but you're flying direct to Paris, though. Yeah, but what but what I'm saying is, so you're talking about eleven to twelve hours from London to LA. Yeah. But if he's going, if he was leaving from Orlando, then you'd be looking yeah. at about ten, eleven hours. To get Disneyland no, Paris. It shouldn't be. I mean, Paris is almost directly south of London, right? You know, it should be about the same. It should be about what? Was it about eight and a half hours, something like that? It's like yeah, it's, it's about, normally about eight and a half hours on the way back. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, you know, you're not going to get an American who's just going to fly in and go to Disneyland Paris. They'll do it as part of a a, a two week. 10-day, you know, European holiday. They'll visit Paris, they'll visit London, wherever else, you know. But then I wouldn't, if I was going to Disneyland, that's because I want to see Hollywood. 
and I want yeah. to, you know, do you know what I mean? So it's the, yeah. it's the same rule applies. That's right. I think the prob- I think the difference is is that obviously with with Disney World and the way that they, especially how they try and sell it, is you are going to this resort where you don't almost don't have to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a two yeah. week holiday, you don't have to leave, and that's very true. That's you right. don't have to. But let's be honest, there's a lot more going on outside of that bubble that's also worth seeing as well. But it's all compact, though. That's the thing, right? Ish. So you can go to Orlando for three weeks and you still won't do everything. But it's Orlando. Whereas when we went to California, the last time we went, we were there for, I think it was 17 or 18 nights. We did 3,000 miles, mm. right? I mean, it's a lot of driving. And it's great. It's a fantastic holiday. It's just a completely different type of holiday. And that's why you don't get advertising or a package to go to Disneyland for Europeans because it's, it's really a holiday to California. And one of your stops might be Disneyland if, if you're into that. But then I, I've also seen recently a lot more advertising for like Kissimmee, bizarrely. I don't know why mm-hmm. specifically Kissimmee rather than Orlando or something like that, but they decided to do that same thing now with that area. Yeah. So you'll see an advert for Kissimmee which has Disney, Universal, yeah. SeaWorld. Sure. But so, you'll stay in one hotel for the two weeks normally. Most, most people would go for two weeks. They'll stay in one hotel and they'll do everything. They'll do Disney, Universal, Kissimmee. Kennedy, SeaWorld, whatever whatever they want to do. Whereas when you go to California, it's it's going to be a moving around type holiday probably. You could probably do a week around LA, but then beyond that, if you want to go to Las Vegas, you know, it's a six hour drive from LA. You want to go to California, I can't remember. It's you, you, hours, say, you, you say know. it's a six hour drive, that depends on how fast you're driving. Um, it does, and whether you get caught or not. Exactly. Well, if you're going fast enough, you ain't going to get caught. Um, but, you know, I... I yeah, it, it's not ideal, but let's be honest, I don't think Disney had an option here. I think they had to do something. If they didn't do something now, when would they? And when would people start to kick off? You know, do they... You've got to be realistic. Year it's got to be realistic, right? Yeah, it's opening up as the vaccination centre. Like it's not opening anytime soon. They've they've waited they've waited nine months, or ten months, to turn around and go. Actually, you know what? We're not opening anytime soon. We need to start issuing new refunds. They didn't have to. They could have sat on that money if they really wanted to. I think they've done the right thing in turning around and saying, "Look, we should maybe maybe the right option was to go look. You've got two options. You can either have a refund." And you know, enjoy your discounts until your current, your current pass runs out, and we'll give you a refund for the months you weren't able to use it. Um, or, or you just hang on, and when the parks open, you'll you'll like be given priority. But they'd have had to have done some kind of lottery if that if every current pass holder decided to hang on when those parks reopen, they weren't all going to be going back. It yeah, it's not- just going to be really interesting to see what happens when the new scheme is announced, whether it is. You know, fundamentally different, you know, or whether, or whether Disney is just pausing. I just, I just don't understand why they are ending the scheme if they aren't going to make some fundamental changes. If it was just COVID, they would just pause it and say, "Look, we're going to restart it again." But that's not what they're saying. I don't know. I think it's like when they do reopen whatever the capacity is, it now means any of the 
and it'll probably be predominantly Disneyland vloggers, there's now going to be like a fight to the death to be that person that gets into the park. And those people that would have had an annual pass that were either paying for it monthly or had paid for it up front would have just normally been able to swan in at no additional cost are now going to be chomping at the bit to buy a single day ticket to get in. And I think that's why I think it'll be a really long time before any form of an annual pass scheme goes back to Disneyland, because I think they're just going to bank on people will just buy daily tickets. Completely agree. I don't, I, I will be, I will be shocked if we are having this conversation in a year's time yeah. discussing the new annual ticket prices. I don't think we're going to see annual passes back. And to be honest, I don't. I would not be surprised to see this scheme roll out at the other American and European parks. I don't yeah, I think, think they're going to fundamentally change it. I don't think we're going to see this impact Asia. I think they're just better organised and better prepared for these kind of situations in general. Um, and maybe that's why we've all sucked so much at it. Um, but I, I, I think this could be this could have a knock-on effect. Well, yeah, honest, what, you know, I, I'm waiting. I mean, it, me and Sinead, I think we bought annual passes at the same time, didn't we? October, yeah, October 2019. Right. You know, we didn't we didn't use those at all last year. Um, by the way, this is, this is not because we live together or we're married or anything like that. Um, they just I'm aware happens. of. Huh? I just don't want the speculation. I just don't want the speculation to start. That's all. Um, you made promises to me, Nick. Don't don't be. Well, yeah. What he's made promises to you as well. (laughs) (laughs) I may have buttered too many parsnips, Um, but we've not been able to use the passes. You know, those we had a we had a limited window in which we could have gone to Disneyland Paris of a couple of months, maybe really with certain travel restrictions um and and those passes have continued on my wife my wife at the she bought her annual pass at the same time as me she paid for hers monthly and she's had about four or five payments taken out of her account over that time because every time they've frozen it they've obviously you know not restarted it until the parts have been back open again so you know god knows when what's going to happen with hers and to be honest she she kind of feels i'd if they turned around now and said, we'll just give you a refund for what's left, she'd be happy. Yeah. Because we just do not know. One, we don't know when we can go back anyway. Secondly, there's places we want to go to that are probably yeah. now more of a priority than going back to Disney are for us as like a family. So, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd, I'd personally be, be happy with that. And also as well, knowing the perks that we're not going to get when they do reopen anyway... Or not been able to use so many of them. Not saying it's pointless, but the, you know the, the 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 need to have an annual pass isn't as important as it as it once was. Yeah. So it it'll be interesting to see because DLP DLP has an awful lot of annual pass holders, but it doesn't have a lot of local annual pass holders. It kind of like if you are going to go to Disneyland Paris twice a year, if you're going to get photo pass. If you're going to buy a lot of stuff more often than not, it just makes sense to get an annual pass because they're really not that expensive. So a lot of people do tend to get them, even some of the lower tier ones. So I feel like DLP has an awful lot of them. But I think it was PDAB said earlier in the chat that when the annual pass holders for DLP do go, they tend to actually stay on site or off site. 
but they tend to spend a lot more money in the park because they are still going as a holiday. Whereas with California, it's a lot of people that pop in for the afternoon or for an evening or to maybe just go get lunch, which they're not really getting the exact same kind of return. No, absolutely, absolutely yeah. not. I just want to go back to something that Sinead said, though, because it, it rings you know, really true of me. You know, if you're... If you look at the prices of the annual passes in Disneyland, so I think I think Disneyland is a bit different from any of the others. Although I think Walt Disney World is getting the same, I suspect. I don't know that. I haven't got the facts. Nobody has. But I suspect that Disney annual pass holders are contributing a bigger attendance factor than they were previously. But even the top, pass in Disneyland is just under $1,500 a year, right? And that includes parking. But to get in a Disneyland park now, what is it? It's over $100 now just for a day ticket, isn't it? And, yeah. and at Christmas and places like that, you're, you're over $150. So, you know, when you add parking in as well, you're getting free parking, that's that's $25 a pop. So you've, you've probably only got to go like 10 days in a year. To, to break even on that. I haven't exactly done the maths, but it's gotta be something around that sort of No, it's it's probably a it's probably a good estimate. Um, yeah. I I think what you might say is as the as the kind of balancing act is they turn around and say like annual passes are gone, they're sunset or whatever, uh, for the foreseeable. Um but what we'll do in the meantime when we do reopen is you get a discount on those. So it could be in general. They might they might turn around and just go, actually, you know what, we're gonna lower the, the gate price to seventy five dollars um to everybody. Or they might turn around and say, right, if you've had an annual pass and you know, obviously the annual pass is finished, you now get ten tickets at fifty percent off or something. I don't know. But do you know what I mean? Like there, there, there's there's ways that they can they can yeah. kind of smooth the transition over to this change if they yeah. wanted to or they could just I, hedge their I'm, bets and go you know what you're gonna pay it anyway to sod it no discounts yeah. I don't know though because disneyland yeah. is different like what was it like a year or so ago they tried to change the little cinema on main street that would show the steamboat willy shorts they tried to change that into a store and people kicked off to the point that it was changed back in like two three days they also tried to automate the flag retrieval in Disneyland and they received so many complaints. And because Disney is obviously mainly based out of Burbank, they listen to the California crowd a lot more. So I'm intrigued to see where the balance is because in the likes of Paris, like they'll quite happily just say, stuff it, no, we're doing this. We don't care what you think. Because mm. it is a very family-orientated park. People will go there anyways because they want to bring their kids to Disneyland Paris. They'll kind of consistently have that like guest turnover yeah but also whereas the it's French, not the, the French, same it's a different culture yeah well the french attitude is this isn't it yeah i just wonder though if i know I'm, I'm not talking about in between now and when covid is is finally gone i'm talking about after covid i, I think they're gonna i think they're gonna make a fundamental change i think that's why they're saying yeah. that they're stopping the program I don't think you're gonna. I don't think an annual pass is gonna look the same when they introduce the new scheme. I think it's, there's probably gonna be some kind of limit on the number of days that you can actually go in, and then beyond that, you'll probably get a discount. So it may be something like 
you know, your annual pass gets you in for 20 days a year. And if you want to go beyond that, then it's 50% off, something like that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, honestly, because if you think about it, 10 days to break even on the most expensive pass for Californians, you know, we, we know that there's a lot of them who are in there every weekend. Which, which means that after 10 days, Disney basically isn't making any admission money on that. Yeah, so you're almost back to square one. Yeah, but I mean, the you make is, whatever is they it... spend on merch and food and stuff like that, but even then, you know, they're getting sort of 25% discount. But the difference, the difference still is that they're limiting how many people can have that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that, that you know, it's going to be able to control the capacity. Yeah. That. So that's the other kind of advantage as well. Um, yeah. Look, the other really, I, I think the other really big thing that happened this week was to do with Magical Express. Now, I'm not yeah. saying me or Mr. D or Stade can't talk about it because we know we're all going to talk about it, but I would love to hear Craig and Ryan talk about the Tragical Express. Express? <laughs> just got just got Sean Connery. Sean's you're back, so, is he? You're sounding like Sean Connery. Oh, did I tell did I tell a joke on this? I don't think I, did I tell a joke on a podcast. I think I did, didn't I? The Sean Connery joke. Is this going to add another twenty minutes to the podcast? Yeah. Oh God. Not knock. This better be good. Not knock. Who is there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes the ghost of Sean Connery. <laughs> That was definitely a thousand percent more Irish than it was Scottish. That was gross, isn't it? Oh, dear me. The problem is I started laughing before I'd even started to, to <laughs> yeah. the punchline. Oh, this no. is the ghost of Sean Connery. Um, right, so Craig, Ryan, fight out amongst yourselves. Tragical Express, go. I think there's anything to fight, to be honest. It's, I mean, it's going. Go I mean, right, fair enough, right. What's actually happening? It's getting phased out by the end of the year. Is me understanding. First of yep. January. And so far, they haven't replaced anything. Uh, they haven't announced anything that's going to replace it. Uh, yep. Is that true? I think it's rumour. I think they have. Well, Mia's have said that they're going to run a service. Because Mia's, Mia's run Magical Express. Yeah, but yeah. Mia's have actually said that they're going to run buses to all the Disney parks and resorts from the airport. Well, well, so they've privatised it effectively. They've privatised yeah, something that was effectively privatised already. Yeah, I thought that's what I'd heard anyway. That Mia's are, are gonna. Yeah, they, are, they are. are gonna... They're gonna. They're taking on. They're basically the, when the contract ends, Mia's are gonna take it over. But one would assume there's gonna be a, a cost attached to it. But of yeah. course, it will be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so la- who last year, now then, Mia's Mia's, Mia's yeah. run it. Through Disney, I mean, under Disney's banner. We we went home. Uh, we went back to the airport last year from the beach club. I want to say we were just on a normal coach. Yeah, sometimes they they will just run the normal Mears coaches. So it it wasn't a magical express for us. It was just an express. And I get I've listened to Theme Park Trader. I get um, all the nostalgia for it, but for yourself, Ryan. Because that's, you know, and your dad is right. It is amazing to get off that aeroplane and get onto a bus and be full of ale off the aeroplane, be half drunk and carry on drinking when you get to the the, the uh, hotel. That's what it's all about. 
we did it seven there was 17 of us last year and i shared the price we paid for two minibuses to come and pick us up um 260 odd dollars i think it was with car seats included for the babies and they were brilliant not a problem we put a deposit down we paid the remainder of the balance when we got to the beat when we got to the hard rock because that's where we went initially they even then come and picked us up from the hard rock to beach club for another 200 dollars. you divide that by 17 it's not a problem. Me and Nick, when we went in, blah, 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 whenever it was, we had some girl picked us up. How yeah. much was she, Nick? $30? About, yeah, I think about $30 to Cabana uh, Bay. And she was cheaper than an Uber, um, by probably about $20, I want to say. So this people's heads are falling off again, left, right, and center. And I'm, we've all done car, are you? Car hire is extremely stressful. You get off the plane, you're tired, you go to the wrong car bit of the car park, you uh, get the upsell, you think you're in the wrong place, but you're in the right place. Then they just say, go and get your car. And I know it's all changed a lot since I did it last week and just walk off now and get a car. But then you've got to remember how to drive in America. Then you've got to know which way to go on to I-4 or whatever you go on to, I don't know. Uh, then you've got to remember that you've got change. And then when you get to whatever hotel, we, we spent over $300 or whatever um, at the Hard Rock for parking the time we, we took cars. Well, th- I mean, the problem the problem is now, isn't it, that for international travellers, travellers, we have to pay for parking. And we discussed last year what those parking charges were. And I don't know if they've been updated since then, but I think, if I remember rightly, it was between 15 and $25 per night depending on the level of hotel you was at. So obviously yep. moderate, uh, like basic moderate and, and um, rich boy. Um, I think they're the three tiers, right? Um, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it, so you've got to add that on top. Now, when we're going for two weeks, that's that obviously adds up a, a, a big expense. But the one thing I will say, Ryan, you know, you said like, um, you know, Magical Express was included in your holiday. You had to pay for it. You did. You did pay for it. You didn't know you paid for it, but it's, oh, of course, of it's, course, it's in your it's in your package, you know. And the, the, the problem the problem I had with it all is, it, and and I completely I do agree that Magical Express in isolation, getting rid of it, it's not a problem. I can I can book Mears, Craig, I can book the a service like your your booking, and I think what what all of this, the Magical Express is the latest in a long line of cuts that Disney has made to staying on site, and I think for for a lot of people, this is what. It's crazy, but this is what tips people over the edge. It's like, well, you've removed dining plan. You've removed early morning um, extra magic hours. You've changed it to 30 minutes. You've uh, you've removed fast passes. Now, understandably, that, that makes sense. Craig, I agree with you. I think they will, but they will bring in paid options now for fast passes. And you start adding all of these things up. And I agree, Magical Express, of course, it's covered in the cost. But now you remove all of these things. If I want to book Disney for, for next year, the price is even more expensive than it was last year when I had all of these benefits. And, and look at, you know, the minibuses, right? Yeah. <laughs> How long did they last? Yeah. I mean, you, you can now buy a minibus. We've seen yeah. them on, on showroom forecourts. They're selling those things now if you want to buy one. We, um, we, we used the mini fan service and it was brilliant. We yeah. used it in 2017, and we used it again in 2019. 
it was part, it's not Uber, is it? What's the other one? It's Lyft. It was part of the Lyft app. It's a fantastic service. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because the thing is, you know, and we, you know, we do this, you know, we use this a lot when we were uh, there last year, right? We went to last year, the year before, when we was at Universal. We had Lyft. We used Uber, depending on what was cheaper, depending on what discount codes we had. Like, I, I think I had like $15 of free Lyft um, for using it for the first time. So we used that until that ran out. And then we might have Ubered, depending on what was nearer, what was quicker. The thing is, there are lots of options. And to be honest, getting rid of Magical Express, that just gives another opportunity for someone to start their own service. I think as an American, right, you fly in, obviously, you you don't even see your baggage, do you? You get on the bus and your baggage appears in your hotel at some point. What happens as an international traveller for, I mean, for everyone is you take your bags with you, you put them on the Magical Express, you get to your hotel, your room isn't ready, you sit in the lobby for three hours with your suitcases, or you'll hand them in to the luggage people and you'll go into the parks. But whatever way, it's a bit more of a stressful experience. I think the future will, when this train does eventually kick off, I think nobody, This is I'm putting this out there now, no one will see their bags. You will get off the plane, your bags will get loaded. Don't forget, Virgin already do this now the opposite way round. You go and check in at downtown Disney, Disney Springs, put your bags in. They get thrown into the back of a van. That goes to the back of the airport, away from the public. They get screened, they get put on the plane. I think they'll come off, they'll go into the back of a van for the different hotels, bang, bang, bang. You'll get on the train, You'll go to Disney Springs. You'll have checked into your room remotely anyway, but it won't be ready till four o'clock anyway. So you're in Disney Springs. You're going to drop $200 on ale or whatever, and then you'll get local Disney transportation back to your hotel when you get the message that your luggage is in the room. The only only sort of fly in the ointment on that one, Craig, is if if they do that, they've got to change the rules about customs, right? Because you're right about the Virgin thing, but that's only going home when you're leaving the country. When you're coming in, you've got to go through customs with your baggage, right, as an international traveller. Well, maybe. So I still think you're going to have some step there that you'll go through. Well, that's because you do it in in Ireland, though, yeah? Well, we can do that now because we can get our own deal, surely, because we're not in Europe. Oh, Boris. I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the. I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the one to offer us that deal somehow. Maybe not. Yeah, he's he's Irish, remember? He he doesn't like us. He likes the Irish. So that that he's got a lot of things panels. He's trying to sell. (laughs) Also, also as well, with all these cuts that Ryan's just highlighted there, Disney is spinning so many plates to try and make this holiday as unattractive as they can. To keep numbers down, they can't have people desperate to go. They're only running at something like thirty-five percent capacity. But at the same time, I think the problem is that you have got people that are desperate to go, and people that didn't. They're only Americans because we can't go. No, no, but no, but I've got a trip booked this year. Right, and Ryan's not the only one. And the thing is, and look, you you recorded Morlando, um, you know, last week I think with Phil and Simon, 
and they were talking about their trip and Simon and Simon nailed what I think a lot of people are doing you know he turned around and said well I didn't go away last year so the money that I would have used last year has now gone on this year's holiday so therefore we're doing a bit extra so the thing is and Ryan you know I'm not going to go into it on here because you've already done it on Theme Park Trader, but people go and listen to Theme Park Trader. But you were looking at the price of, of hotels staying on, on Disney property mm. and how much that is now compared to what it might have been 12 months ago or you know two years ago. And the thing is, like, I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, well, there's no way. Like, I'm, I'm already thinking about wanting to go back to Orlando and what I'm going to do. And that kind of sealed to me, I don't want to do the Disney thing. I don't want to do the stay on site. There's not enough benefits for me. The price is too much. I can't justify it. But that's me. That's because that's what that's what I feel is the right thing to do. You've got people that didn't have their Disney holiday, have that money burning a hole in their pocket, and they'll go, well, yeah, it's more expensive, but I really want to go. So they're going to go. They're going to they're gonna pay the extra money, and they're going to do... They're going to do it. So, I think I'm my, parents, my, parents, them. my parents who have been going, as I said, for 30, 30 plus years, the last 10 years or so, since I started staying on, on, on site, I bought them in to give it a go because of the dining plan, the 60 day fast pass, all of that kind of thing. And they haven't stopped staying on site since. And this year, we're in the early stages of thinking about going late October. Um, early November this, on top of the 50th trip that I in theory have booked and they're like there's no way there's no way we're staying on site what's the point and um, yeah. free free Disney dining whether it be free or not is such a stress relief for them that they don't have to worry about it they don't have to worry about taking spends with them for food yes of course of course you have to think about tips and things like that but it's such a stress relief and knowing they can eat all these fantastic restaurants that they just can't be bothered anymore. They're not. They're giving Disney, uh, Disney twice the money for no additional benefits. And I, I totally get what you're saying, Craig. They don't want people coming at the minute, and and I agree with that. But I think the real risk under Chapek is that when the world does return to normal, whether that be this year, next year, 2023, I don't think we'll see those benefits come back unless people stop I staying on site. think they'll have to come back yeah. because they're going to need to get people back again. Yeah, I think. The Disney dining plan will come back. It'll be tweaked and it won't be as anywhere near as good as what it was. But last year, I I just literally had my phone. You talked about it on Theme Park Trader. Your phone and my magic band because I had my card in the beach club behind the desk. Mm. Every night I just went and settled my bill anyway so it didn't run away. You know, um, I just knew what I was paying and it was amazing. You know, we we had to we still had backpacks because you've got kids, you've got water, you've got ponchos and all that. But when I was with the boys in Universal, and it's slightly different, but didn't have a bag. You could walk around Disney with just this magic band on and your your phone. Yeah. It's amazing. I imagine and I'm go ahead, Craig. No, no, go on, go on. I would imagine like we've said before, they've they've fired all these Imagineers and there is nothing new coming to the parks before maybe 2026. Even then, probably not. It'll probably be closer to 2030. I think once Tron has opened and Guardians has opened and they've had kind of like a year or two to kind of settle in, 
once there's nothing new going into the parks a lot of people will stop going because nothing's changing there's nothing exciting and new to see there's no new attractions to go on so i think at that stage once all of the kind of new shiny things have died down and the 50th has happened i think then they'll really start to feel it but again that's still a good few years away before that'll happen and i think maybe then they'll look to bring some of this stuff back and try and entice people more but i can't see any of that happening until they start to feel it you got you got craig you got ryan you got mr d you've got three people on this episode who will go to disney without anything new to go and see whilst i think like you and me we would be much more kind of like thinking well when when am i going to go back when do i want to go so i i obviously want to go on rise of the resistance i want to go on tron um i'd like to see the new splash mountain but it's not a game changer for me right when that whenever that happens gardens i want to go and see as well so i know that there's two attractions which are yet to open that are coming in the future am i going to book a trip this year with all of this stuff going on with the the prices and the lack of everything going on where i'm not going to see those attractions and i'm not going to be going back the year after or do i go right when are those rides opening up 2023 i'll book them yeah and then i'll go back three four five years down the line if there's there's additional things to see we did 14 nights last year at the beach club and it was amazing second time at the beach club you can go and get bevied at epcot and you can stroll home and you are in paradise that boardwalk view is something that'll just live with you forever it's amazing right 14 nights we had for that Next year's trip, we are we are looking at villas, and we are looking at using the villa as a base because you can get a villa that sleeps ten people for two weeks for sixteen hundred quid. So for three weeks, it's going to be two thousand quid split between two families. It's nothing, and we'll just go and stay at the beach club maybe for five nights instead, and we'll go and stay at the Hard Rock for two nights. We did five nights at the Hard Rock last year. And we did 14 nights at Beach Club. We won't do it as much because we're going to go and do other things in Orlando. That's what it is giving us. It's given us the opportunity to go to Bush Gardens, SeaWorld, Discovery Cove, NASA, that type of stuff that we haven't been to for years. And so the other thing it's not the well, end of the world. No, but the other thing as well, like that, that holiday you're discussing there is going to be what? Half? More? No. It'll be a similar price. Um, but you will be eating in the in the villa and having a barbecue, something we haven't done since 2015, because we've been staying on Disney property. So I can't see how it costs. I, I can't see how it costs anywhere near as much. Uh, because you're going to have to have a car. You're going to have to pay for your parking whenever you go there. You're going to have to. We, the plan is to Uber to the hotel, keep the keep the villa as a base, and just take a small carry-on bag for the few nights that you're in there instead of taking all your luggage in with you can you send me the dates that you're not going to be in the villa craig <laughs> yeah <laughs> we could sub we could sublet it but the thing yeah. is the thing is though craig right let, what's what's parking at the parks 25 dollars a day yeah i mean it may Roughly. not cost you it may not cost you that much more to uber, An uber. well yeah exactly and, and these then, are all the things that we yeah We've got a yeah, way Uber's, out. Uber's a good option, I think. Hey, no, there's, a, there's, 
there's a couple of things just going back to the uh, magical express thing i mean i've got to believe though that the original plan was that magical express goes away when the train comes in 2023 and that just given the current situation with a number of hotels that are shut and all of that they've just said you know what it, it doesn't make sense but that that train is coming so so i guess we'll, we'll talk about um early magic hours in a minute but there is an alternative to early magic hours the train is coming which is kind of the replacement for disney's magical express um fast passes in some shape or form i believe will come back i don't know if they're going to be paid or whether there'll be some paid some the, more the whole system is flawed fast pass is dead you but, can go you can 60 days out and you can't get the fast pass for pandora because you got like like on on shop disney you got on there with 10 minutes to go you're a party of 16 or a party of 17 and we couldn't get fast passes but for 17 no craig there's your problem right there we didn't have any problem yeah but if i'm staying at a deluxe hotel uh, and we've all got um unlimited fast passes or express passes, whatever you want to call them, then I yeah. don't need to worry. The, but the honestly, with... a party of 17, though, if I was you, I would have been calling guest services before the 60 days and saying, oh, can you help me get these fast passes? Because for 17 people, you're always going to struggle, I think. I did. I did. And it was the same with the ADRs. The ADRs, I had to book my ADRs last year over the telephone. Yeah. But the, I, I guess the point it, I'm trying to make, though, is... Disney's Magical Express has gone away, but the train's coming back. Fast passes, I think, will come back in some way, shape, or form. Early Magic Hours has gone away, but there's a new thing that's replaced it. And in some ways, it's better, arguably. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, whether free dining comes back or not, I mean, that's a promotion. So that will depend on whether they need free dining or not, right? And, and if they want to drive people back into the parks again, you'll have free dining. If they don't, because they're full up, then you want a free dining or it'll be limited. So I think a lot of this stuff is going to come back, but you're going to have to wait two years for it, right? I tweeted at Len Tester the other day. Um, Hi, Len. Hope you're well. Quick question. How many uh, deluxe guests can stay on property and what's the total number of guests for the entire resort and Len uh, replied so he's got around 4,000, so 5,000 deluxe rooms, 4 people to a room, 20,000 people, add in the dolphin the swan, 4 seasons some of the DVC stuff um, probably around 12,500 rooms, so add a rough guess 50,000 deluxe guests, right? If you give them unlimited fast passes, then they can just come and go as they please between four parks. The big the big hitters, the brand new ones, like the Hagrid ride, isn't on the system, so they've got to queue up for it. Not a problem. Then on in the entire resort altogether, including Shades of Green, Disney Springs Hotels, Fort Wilderness Campsite, 34,875 rooms uh, plus 800 on the campsite so he, he reckons at capacity Walt Disney World could have 143,000 guests in everywhere else 
plus the 50,000, so just under 200,000 guests for the entire resort. So whereas you got the extra magic hours to be on property, 200,000 guests would all pile into Magic Kingdom because it opened an hour early. And in fact, it was crap. You know, extra magic hours when everyone turns up there is rubbish. Yeah, we avoided it. We'd go to the other parks on the day of yeah, extra it, magic hours. It was a nightmare. But because it's getting spread between the four parks, it's only half an hour. Allegedly, and it's every I want... day. And it's, it's every day. It's every day. It's half an hour. Now, Pete Werner says on his show that I listened to the other day that you can, you can already get into the parks half an hour early if you're a hotel guest. But I don't think he can do anything apart from buy stuff. No. No, he can't. So he's talking out of his arse there then, Pete. So he's coming to get you now. But it's, like you say, it's so much better. It's every day and it's all four parks. Yeah. I think that's right. My, my, my experience of early morning magic, extra magic hours is very different to you. To you. I, I would regularly do the extra hour. Um, and for me, the key thing here is they're removing the extra evening hours. Now, I know they paused everything during COVID and I understand that. For those extra evening hours, you'd often be able to spend an extra three plus hours at the park, and that is when it would be quieter and the most. I'd have arguably the most enjoyable time of the trip. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. We like the extra evening hours. They were a lot more limited, though. Yeah, than they, the were, yes. mag- they were the, the morning ones, but they were they were good. So it'd be it'd be nice to see some of that coming back. Hopefully, hopefully it will. But I think the I mean, half an hour every day, every park is a good thing. Yeah, because I mean, it kind of mirrors what they did in DLP, because before DLP, it used to be that you would get two hours in one or the other park, whereas now it's any hotel guests. And if you have, I think, an infinity annual pass, you can get into either park like an hour or so before the rest of the guests can. Um, And yeah, like, yes, it's obviously kind of double the time that they're given that, but it does kind of give you that time to get into the park and get into the land that you want to hit first yeah you might not be able to get a rake load of rides done but it's just to help them kind of filter hotel guests in easier so yeah and also as well it's it's what attractions are open isn't it because it's normally a limited number so you know you might be able to go on pirates or you might be able to go on uh, big thunder um or space mountain but you might not be able to get on crush you might not be able to get on Tower of Terror, you might not be able to get on Buzz Lightyear, it, 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 it depends there'd always be a limited number of rides that you could do, but at least it gave you the opportunity, as you say, to, to get some of those ones that might be a bit more popular late in the day, done first in the morning, so you can focus on, on other bits um, For me, like, all, all of this comes back down to the, the benefits versus the price, uh, in the short term and I, I agree with everything that everyone said I think these benefits will come back I don't necessarily have a huge issue with cutting down the hour to 30 minutes because it is spread across the four parks. My issue is was more based on the the evening off, offering being taken away. But I have enjoyed that. But well, don't the, forget, uh, before the COVID, they were selling extra magic hours as a ticketed yeah, yeah. event. Yeah. So I think it will come back. And from what we've seen of them extra magic hours where you pay, they were phenomenal. Some days they would because they did it on early mornings as well, didn't they? Especially yeah. for Toy Story, you could get in there and it'd be empty basically, 
and you could just go on it. I think somebody went on it nine times in that hour. I mean, that's ridiculous, but whatever. But you could do it. So I think all them things will come back as well. They're just monetizing everything. And I've never had a problem with paying for something extra if I'm if I'm getting what I feel to be value for money. I think it just is, comes sorry, go ahead. It, well it's just when you've got a family of four and it might be hundred and fifty dollars for the next two hours in, in Magic Kingdom after closing. It becomes a six hundred dollar expense or you're getting value for money. I think if you're going for two weeks though, Craig, or three weeks, you don't need to do that. No. Right. I if you got if you're an American and or you know, I'm saying an American, but somebody who's going for a shorter period of time, if you're only going for you know, three, four nights, then it, it may be worth splodging just to make sure you get on all the big rides. But for us who typically go for two or three weeks, you've got enough time to do everything you want without spending that extra money, in, in my opinion. But Except Rise of uh, the Resistance, possibly. Maybe not. Yeah, but I don't know. That might get on it half the time. But them, them types of rides aren't even in the fast pass system yet. You know, so well, those types of rides shouldn't, shouldn't be open. I mean, they should have used this opportunity to close it and fix it. But yep. everyone's heads would have fell off because the rides were shut and it needed fixing. Disney can't really win with any decisions they ever make because they're going to upset one part of the community one way or another. I mean, but do... to be fair, Disney World was closed for a time where they could have sent the Imagineers to fix it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he could have done the other fella in the mountain as well. I'm laughing, at your, I'm laughing at your video, Craig, because you are literally just a talking head right now. <laughs> there is no body, lower, there is no neck, there's just lower. a head. Yeah. I think I think for me, though, the, the point is I, I've stayed regularly on site at Disney World for, for two weeks, at least two weeks every year. And I love it. I, you know, like you, Craig, the experience is you know, I was 21 nights at um, Animal Kingdom launched my honeymoon back in 2019 incredible the best the best trip one of the best trips i've ever been on and i would love to do that every single year and take take piper go and experience that but the reality is you know probably after this year's caribbean beach trip that goes ahead with with dan we will probably be heading to a to a villa or a universal hotel and then maybe booking booking disney for two or three nights the thing for you is ryan all your life i would imagine you've gone out of season Oh, well, all your adult well, life. Yeah, yeah. Now you've got the little baby, and when she starts school and everything like that, you'll be in August. You'll be £1,250 okay, each for me. I will be paying the fines to take take her out of school, 100%. <laughs> Schools won't exist, then they'll all be on the iPad. Just just one last thing, right, with the, with the express passes that I do believe are coming, right? 50,000, if... If it's at Deluxe is at capacity and there's 50,000 Deluxe people on resort, they go in between four parks. That's 12,500 uh, fast passes where you can ride all the rides as many times as you want. The, all the rest of the Disney park, all the, all the other hotels, you have to, you don't get anything. You just get admission, right? And then they sell them. Universal is about $100. And Dan said you get unlimited. You don't. You get one ride on each thing. Yeah. You get one go on everything. And I think it was $140 off the top of my head to ride unlimited. Or I think that's been discontinued, actually. I don't think it exists anymore, but it might. But if you We got, got it last time we were there. 
If you've got 143,000 guests potentially again at capacity, it would never happen. All paying a hundred dollars each, as well as the people who just rock up who are staying in villas with their with their 14 day tickets, and then they pay a hundred dollars each. That is a huge revenue stream coming in. That is, is, doesn't exist now. They're li- but they're, they're, it's limited, isn't it? Like things yeah. like so is fast passes. pass. Fast pass is limited. No, no, no. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that Universal have a an amount that they sell. Yeah. To it's be a... fair, they've been trialing this in Disneyland Paris for the last couple of years. Like DLP, there's a couple of different ways that you can get them. They have like the family friendly one, where the kind of like top tier, like um, kitty attractions, you can get a set of those i think it's like six attractions and you get fast passes for them then you can go on each one once or there's like a thrill seeker one that has like the mountains and stuff like that in it and you get one right on that or there is one that you can get onto everything at least once and then there's a top top tier one where you can get on everything that has a fast pass in disneyland paris a couple times and i think the cheapest option is like 120 euro but again, that is for like a low capacity day. They go up in price upwards to nearly like 300 euro a day for fast passes. So they've been trialing this in DLP for I quite a while now. Tier, I think the top tier one is 250. But again, like you say, depending on the day. So that, that yeah. will go up to three. Um, I mean, I've and never known anyone I've buy never, a max I've pass. never seen anyone standing by the kiosk no. waiting to pay. No. Um, and, that's, and obviously they must they must sell them but it must sells do, yeah. out during the summer like if you're going to dlp on and off peak time you would never have to do it but a lot of families and you see them all the time in the facebook group have bought these full things for if they're only there for three days they would rather do that during in peak summer and just pay to not have to wait in queues than to have to wait in the queues and blazing I mean, heat i mean look the thing is if i was there for four days in the height of summer and i got to day three and i'd been on 10 attractions I would just bite the bullet and go, right, sod it, we're having this pass tomorrow and pay the extra and just, just do it. And that's what you do. If you're at Port Orleans, Riverside, French Quarter, whatever, for example, for two weeks, you wouldn't get this pass. You wouldn't pay. There's more than enough time in them two weeks for you to just rock up and get on all the rides with no fast passes, no nothing. Just walk on, queue. But at the end of your holiday, when you've got a bit of spending money left, and you want to do everything once. I mean, in Disney World, it's endless opportunities. Is it a four parks in one day adventure? Is it a two park thing? Is it a one park thing? You have all these different prices. And you just turn up and get on the ride. Like at Universal is so stress-free compared to, there's nothing more heartbreaking on the 60 days when you try, even as a family of four, you try and get your three fast passes. And Magic Kingdom, you might get, um, Splash Mountain, 9 o'clock. Then you might get Space Mountain, 2 o'clock. And then you might get Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, 8 o'clock at night. There's your whole day, basically, kiboshed. Because yeah. you can't make any other fast passes until you've done your third fast pass. Well, look at me and P-Dubs when we went um, for that Sunday in 2019. And because we weren't staying on site, we can only book 30 days out. So our day was... Tower of Terror, Muppet Vision. <laughs> was it Indiana Jones stunt show? I think we got I think so, it. Yeah. It was something crap like that. And all we wanted to do was go to Galaxy's Edge, you know. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't get I mean we, we did we did rock and roller coaster because by the time we got there, 
um, single rider was about 20 minutes. We thought, okay, sod it. We'll do it. But we went into Toy Story Land and you were queuing for, you know, hours to get on Slinky. i got to say, though, I've, I've never had that experience, right? Yeah, but that, that's because we could only book thirty days out. No, no, I know. I mean, I mean Craig's experience, right? All oh, right, yeah, yeah. So staying on site, if you're there, yeah, when but it you opens, don't. Are you there in August? Yeah, we've been there in August. Yeah. Well, we've had we've had that experience where your three fast passes are spread out over the entire day, and it might be because you've done them the wrong way round. You've gone for Splash Mountain first when you should have went for Seven Dwarfs or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. you've gone on at 10 minutes after the window's opened and too many people have got on there before you. Yeah, but, well, just, just let me say, so when you get there 60 days in advance, right, and you, you get there right away, you've got a massive advantage because you can book the next 10 days, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't just book that one day. And and because most Americans don't stay for that long, there are very few of them that if they're staying on site, their window is opening that day as well. But if they're only on site for five days, they're only booking five days. So so what I would always say is jump to the tenth day and and book Yeah, and work backwards, right? And get the really popular rides on the tenth day. Because then you're only fighting with people who are staying on site for 10 days or longer, right? Now, what you'll then find is when you work backwards, you've got less choice on your first day, but it doesn't really matter on your first couple of days. Do you know what I mean? Because you're happy to do anything and see anything. But you're guaranteed then that later in the trip, you're going to get, you know, good rides when you want them. But again, if you're there when it opens, even, even on your first day, you can usually get good rides. But make use of the ten day window because it's that's gold dust. Sixty days in advance, and you can book the first ten days. But you only know that because you're a Disney nerd. If you're Joe Bloggs off the street, unless you happen to listen to this, you wouldn't know that. They don't no. advertise that. They don't tell no, no. anyone that. It's a little yeah. hidden thing. Loophole yeah. that might. You, we've all done it where you've had to get up. Uh, was it, it used to be five o'clock in the morning? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Like that. Yeah. And you had to do it day by day by day by day. Yeah. Nightmare. The most stress I can remember, and this has gone back quite a few years, really, to when the kids were, were young. But the most stressful thing was the morning that the ADRs opened and trying to get Cinderella's Royal Table. Uh, by Christ, you had to be quick. Hundred, Yeah, I, I vouch for this one. I mean, I, you know, when we did it, it was only a table for two. And I remember getting up at five, getting straight on the blower, it might, yeah. it, might not, it might have been later than that, actually, because I think the ADR... Sounded a smoke later. signal. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, having to, like, phone up, you know, phone the US yeah. as well, so it's not cheap. You yeah. know, waiting for the phone to, to be answered, being on hold for ages, getting it done. Um, yeah. And then I had to pay for it. I had to pay yeah. for it there and then. It was no, like, okay, this is your reservation. I, you know, I booked other restaurants while I was on the phone, because I thought, may as well, like, kill a few birds. But that one you had to pay up front as well. Yeah. So there was no kind of backing out of that then. You know, you hmm. weren't going to change your mind on that one and, and, and you know, replace it with something else at a later date. You were you were tied in. Um so no, I know I know exactly. So it's it's <laughs> it, it's all good. It'd be interesting to see 
I think going forward, like you know, we've we've all talked about how we're going to look at Disney trips a bit differently, and you know, especially with with Craig and Ryan, you know, two people that a year ago, if you said about staying off site, even with the um, the you know the the price differences between staying off site and on site, would still laugh you out because of all the benefits. Now you've got people that are turning around saying, actually, we are now rethinking how we're going to do our holidays. Olive Garden, now, here you come. It's now not worth. <laughs> it's such a shame the sizzler, Sizzler's gone, right? Um, oh, what a place that was. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's a whole in the 70s, podcast, isn't it? that is. It's stuck in the time loop, for that one. <laughs> um, but, you know, th- this is something that is, is kind of unprecedented. People are now talking about doing their holidays completely differently than they'd have ever considered before. And, you know, the other thing, which is a possibility, what if Disney turn around and say the only way to get fast passes is by staying on property? The only way of guaranteeing entry is to stay on property. We'll sell you tickets, but you might not be able to come in if you're not well, staying on property. I mean, you say that as part of the reason why I'm staying at Caribbean Beach in September, October, because yeah, I, know I can book my, my park access. Yeah, and but, I mean... Uh, that, that's... that's because I can book my park access and already the Magic Kingdom for the 50th on the 1st of October is gone. Yeah, wow. sold out. So so speaking... I, I mean, we, we got ours booked, but yeah, it's gone already. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, the one thing that we, we don't talk about often on here is Disneyland Paris. And the only reason we're doing it now is because every park in the last, in the last week has had some major kind of news about it. Um, and also no idea where P-Dubs is, and we've not recorded a Discover DLP in about two months, so I don't know, maybe that show's dead. So let's talk about it on here. Um, Disneyland Paris was supposed to open up on the 13th of February after it closed at the end of November. That's when they were expecting to to reopen if they couldn't open over Christmas. Um, They've come out today and said that they're not going to be able to open now until the 13th of April. So that's a new date. Was it? Oh, no, sorry, not second, I think. Yeah. So I'm thinking about the anniversary, which is the 12th of April. Um, so yeah, second second of April. Um, so that's when they're planning to reopen. There's going to be two hotels that are going to be open at that time, which are Sinead, Santa Fe, and Newport Bay. There you go. I knew I knew Sinead would know. No, should know. Um, the some of the other hotels will be opening up in July. I have the list here. So the the Cheyenne and the Davy Crockett Ranch are reopening on the 1st of July. Sequoia Lodge is reopening on October 23rd. There's no date on when Hotel New York, the Art of Marvel, is going to reopen. Well, it's no, no. They've, they've turned around and said that it will, it will open when the refurbishment is finished. Which is... A very DLP is, statement. Yeah, which is odd because obviously that hotel was... The, uh, was the 30th anniversary? Uh, 2022, <laughs> April 12th, 2022. There you go, that's when it will be. Um, I don't, well, well I mean, that hotel is so near to being done, I, I'm not sure what the hold-up is, and you'd have thought that it'd be ready to, to reopen yeah. by now, but and we'll then see. The, the big news is that the Disneyland Hotel is not reopening, and it is staying closed and going into a two-year-long refurb, which means that will not be open for the 30th, which that's... I find mind-boggling. Yeah, that is um, that is the the strange that is a strange one. Um, I mean, it does need a refurb. Oh, absolutely, it does. But I remember watching vlogs from the twenty fifth anniversary of DLP, and people spent thousands, absolute 
thousand to stay either in the Disneyland Hotel or even more again to stay in Castle Club so that they could get that special little lift straight down to the park entrance and they were the first people at the turnstiles to get into Main Street. People put themselves into massive amounts of debt just to be able to do that and be the first people in the park on the 12th. Craig, are you going because we're talking about Disneyland Paris? Yeah. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, thank you very much for playing. We'll see you soon, buddy. Um, just dead quick before I go, uh, you can get back to it. I loved that new Marvel show. Don't know what it's about yet, but I loved it. So, because you'll be talking about that we later. We will be talking about that in a minute. Yeah, spoiler alert. Cheers, Craig. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. See you, Craig. So, um... Yeah, you're you're right about the uh, about the the 25th anniversary. It was it was madness. Um, I mean, I've never I've been going to Disneyland Paris since 1992. I've never stayed in the Disneyland Hotel. In fact, no. it was only it was only about a decade ago that I first went into the hotel because for some reason I just assumed I couldn't go in there because I wasn't staying there. I love having a nose around to get oh, a cocktail. It's, it's great. one of my favourite things to do. I don't know why it took me so long to go in there, but it is very dated. Um, it's it's never been refurbished or certainly not had a major refurbishment since it first opened. And to our American listeners who, who may not know like why this is so kind of key, this hotel is literally the entrance to the park. You walk under the hotel to get into the park. The hotel overlooks Main Street. You can I mean, see it's, it's the ma- genius, main street, you can see the hotel. castle. Yeah. yeah. It's to put, incredible design. Yeah. And to put the castle club in, entrance into context, it would be like the equivalent of your hotel room being on top of the train station at Magic Kingdom and you just being able to get an elevator straight down. That's that's why people paid this obscene amount of money to be able to stay there, to be literally the very first people at the turnstiles because that's where the elevator from the room left them. Yeah. Right at the turnstiles to go in. Um, so it's a, it's a big deal. And I mean, the thing is, they've been talking about this refurbishment for quite a while. So this isn't news in, in, in that regard. The news really is the fact they kept putting it off and putting it off. And now they decided they're going to do it. But the time scale just doesn't make sense. Had they done this last March when they closed the parks, mm-hmm. it would have been reopened in time for the anniversary. I mean, I know two years isn't a dead number, but... It, it probably needs to have at least two years. So the likelihood yeah. is, had they started work last year, and and they probably would have made sure it was done in time for the anniversary. Now yeah. it's going to be closed. It's going to be a bit of an eyesore, potentially, as well. Uh, it just seems nuts. I mean, the it best just... hotel at DLP is open, isn't it? As long as Sequoia Lodge is there, I'm happy. Exactly. exactly. It's not open up till October, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, just in time for the winter season. Perfect. Well, as, as I was saying before we started recording, uh, like I knew what day it was opening because it's actually my anniversary. The chance of me going there for my anniversary are very, very slim. Um, obviously, we it don't just, know what's going on with travel, but... It <laughs> seems fine. bizarre that it's now purposely going to be closed because it's where the two most expensive restaurants... Well, two of the most expensive restaurants in the park are in there. And I assume if they're refurbing the whole thing... They're not going to be open. That princess for a day thing, which is the equivalent of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, is also in there. One of the kind of more preferential merch shops is in there. A bar that's extortionately expensive, but I still pay to go in there every single time. And so many rooms. They have a suite in there that costs, what, like 30 grand a night? And all of that is just going to be closed now. 
for the 30th anniversary. Yeah, the presidential suite is uh, it's it's something. It's two stories for a start. Um, yeah. is, is has a 12 person like dinner table it's outrageous yeah it is it is obscene um yeah it's 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 absolutely nuts um i i i don't i don't understand the logic in it now at all they could have done well, it any, we, any time before now if we keep saving those patreon pounds then we'll all get there one day <laughs> i think we'll need a few more patrons than that uh, <laughs> it's not not really what the money is useful but, but there you go um it's it's interesting though. It, it is interesting, um, and you know I know a lot of people that had holidays booked last year that you know moved them you know a year uh, you know forward. And I also know people that had holidays booked for you know spring summer last year that moved them out to October November, then tried to move them to Christmas week, then tried to move them to you know, just after half term this year and now it's not going to be open until April and that is the next ballpark number, you know, or, or date. You know, that is still, that's not set in stone. They've not said it will open. That's when they're hoping to open it. You know, a lot depends on that. And also, you know, the vaccine, you know, is now rolling out globally. Um, France seem to be, I don't know why, but they seem to be very, very slow in getting the vaccine rolled out compared to the UK um, and America as well. Um, seems to be rolling out much quicker. We don't know what the travel restrictions are going to be at that time. Will we, will we be able to travel? Will we have to prove we've had a uh, the vaccine? Um, I hope so, because it finally means that having type 1 diabetes is a positive thing. This is your time to shine. After yep. 29 years, it's finally come through for you. I'll, I'll have a window of like six months where I can travel the world and but this is, start this vlogging is and thing. just sticking my middle finger up. This is, you know, I, I've been I've been talking to Craig. Uh, he's not here to, to, to confirm it, so this all could be a lie. He can't, he can't disprove it. But um, about me this year. Now, we are talking about potentially doing something next year together because he's not going to be traveling to america this year i in a way want to but i'm so at this moment in time unsure that it's even going to be a possibility i can't even look at flights i know everyone's been getting cheap flights but i can't i can't do it to myself i did last year i'm not going to do it again it's too early especially where i know i am on the pecking order for getting a vaccine as well you know i'm i'm right at the back of the queue i'm not getting a vaccine anytime soon so you know it's it's all these things that kind of come up that you know, we don't know how it's going to be in October. I don't want to say this, Ryan, but you know, is your holiday going to take place? You don't know. No oh, one. Knows. I mean, we're, we're fully. This is the thing. We're fully expecting it not to happen. I think we, you know, Dan had two trips cancelled last year. I, I had one trip, and you know, it's the least of the world's problems. Of course, it is. But yeah. you know, we haven't booked our flights yet. We've just booked the 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 Disney hotel and everything because if need be because of covid we'll get money back on that yeah and um, so we you know in terms of flights we don't if need be we'll book it last minute we won't sit next to each other whatever we don't really care and um, you, you don't sit next to dan anyway you've got to spend time with him you don't want to sit with it, him on a plane as well it, uh, yeah, you wouldn't know he's there <laughs> <laughs> what happens when the meals come around and they say you know uh did you want the chicken or fish or vegetarian option does dan just kind of like just well, all I can say is, thank God he's not allergic to anything because 
Actually, I do know that Dan eats nothing, doesn't not not he eats, he eats nothing, but he... chicken nuggets basically. Yeah, yeah, Bless yeah. Kids meal, please. Um, yeah, so it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, you know, Europe is funny. Yeah, well, you got to. I'm hopeful, be... but I'm not. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be disappointed if it was cancelled because I'm expecting it to be. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, you know, going back to what we were saying right at the, the top of the show, you know, me and Sinead, we, we've got tickets. We can go to Disneyland Paris now if we were allowed to. And it was open. But we can't, and it isn't. So, you know, even I mean, when it... it... At the rate it's going now, I'll be able to use my 2019 annual pass in 2023, probably, because I had renewed mine, and they'd given me the extra couple months on mine. So mine was valid until, like, this February anyway, so Lord knows. <sighs> Yeah, I can't remember if I had the extra months or not. I, I, I may not have done because I think I'm, I used my shareholder discount from when that was still a thing. Um, and we got a we got a ten year extension to our shareholder benefits, which is not being extended. They have confirmed that. Yeah, I know. I know you've not been able to use them for the last year, but yeah, your end dates are your end dates. So tough luck. Um, so I may not got the extra months, but even so. You know, my my pass had already been extended and will be extended again during this other downtime. So it's probably the longest I've had an annual pass, one annual pass for, uh, for that reason. But uh, yeah, so you know, if you if you did have a holiday booked, if you were planning to possibly go in the spring, look out for that. Um, also, the other thing as well, especially with UK travellers, is is the Eurostar is almost non-existent at the moment. Uh, and that's not we've even talking about their financial issues they are running two trains a day that's it so you're probably gonna have to fly or drive anyway um so it's it's yeah put it this way it's probably easier to get to orlando right now than it's to get to disneyland paris which is something i never thought i'd be able to say on this show but there you go um is that it is that it for park news uh yeah, I mean, Ryan, you mentioned that the October the, the um, 50th is fully booked. The park passes are fully booked, yeah. The Ma- Magic Kingdom's booked Magic for the Kingdom. 1st of October, yeah. yeah. Um, so Dan and I booked ours back in, I don't know, like three months ago maybe? As soon as, as soon as they opened up the bookings, we were like, oh, let's just, let's just do it. Let's hope for the best and do it. Um, yeah. And we were able to book up park passes all at once so if it does go ahead we'll be there on the 50th but who knows yeah and actually mr d it's good that you just said that because it reminded me of the thing that i forgot to mention which is disneyland paris had the same system and have done Mm. since the pandemic first started when they were open and um already they announced um them reopening in april and pretty much the first week it's opened has now sold out yeah yeah so yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you are playing book holiday, don't mm-hmm. you're probably not going to get in there. It just it depends others. on the on, on. So I was just going to say it all depends on the, the vaccine. I mean, if, if the vaccine is successful and enough people get it, then they'll be able to increase the capacity to the parks. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of other smaller things. Um, the construction walls have come down uh, for Remy and Epcot, but there's no date yet as when that when that's going to open. But it's getting close. The new toilets opened, and every vlogger in Orlando was queuing to go for a wee today. I think. Yeah, that's that's very shady. <laughs> I'm just going to go into this toilet with my camera. 
Yeah. 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 Best thing to do during a pandemic is to get a thousand vloggers into one toilet during a day. Isn't yeah, that, definitely. Isn't that how they call out George Michael? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, sm- I yeah. smell a rat. <laughs> uh, they've also put partitions on the monorail. Uh, so you can increase the capacity. So now you can get four groups per car. Um, so yeah, they're just basically increasing the sort of COVID modifications to maximise their capacity on the monorail. And and somebody touched on it, but Disneyland is going to become a mass vaccination site, one of five in California. Presumably the car park or something, because they've got a huge car park yeah, that's sitting it there. Is, empty. It is one of the car parks, yeah. Yeah. It's not Lime Garage, because that's still on the coast, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Again, seems to be quite slow. Bearing in mind the problems that California's got, that's one state that really needs to have a kick up the ass um in regards to getting the vaccine rolled out. But it does seem like they're they're still quite slow. Yeah. on the uptake there so fingers crossed that opens um and starts to speed things up because um california needs that boost massively i think right well i think that's the longest first segment we've ever had in the show it's quite funny before christmas it was the other way around do you remember we had a really short park segment and then a massive post mm. you know outside the park segment and now we've completely flip-flopped it so um, I think it's time for us to go and have a look at what's happening outside of the parks. Let's get down to business to start planning that Disney trip. I'm Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel here, proud sponsor at the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. I specialize in all things Disney, Universal, and all major cruise lines. Disney cruises are spectacular, but you've got to book early to get the best pricing and stateroom selection. I offer generous onboard credits and take care of all your planning. Interested in Disney World, Disneyland, or Disneyland Paris? I can help with every bit of the planning process, including dining and fast passes. Find me on the Twitters at WP Magic Journeys or email me at wendyprater at magicaljourneystravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. So, everybody's locked down. Yeah, there's not much, but I mean, I think the. The, the the kind of biggest thing since we last recorded um has has been uh WandaVision. Not the spin off of Chuckle Vision that some people thought it might be. Wonder Wonder Vision Wonder Vision Wonder Wonder Vision Um that Surely there's gonna be an episode there's gonna be an episode based on that. We have got our audience share is about eighty percent American. Which always I find bizarre being a British. Go podcast. to YouTube and just search for Chuckle Vision and and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, exactly. It's a great. It's a great show. Um, so yeah, so WandaVision launched last week. Um, first two episodes, as we've seen with um, well, I mean they did the same with the Mandalorian, didn't they? It wasn't it wasn't two on the first day, but if I remember rightly, we got episode one on the Tuesday. That was, was the a few first days later, day, yeah, and then the Friday. I think yeah. it was the second, and then it was weekly after that. So um, they've done the same thing here. I think it was smart. I think it was smart with with One Division to do two episodes yeah, I because I, I, I obviously I go and ask everybody, but um, I enjoyed both episodes. But 
the first episode alone kind of didn't really it, it very it gave very little hints of what was really going on which the second expands a little bit about but not much you're still kind of left in a state of what's going on um but i but i think it was good to get two uh released at the same time and i really like how the show is going so far um Sinead, what did you think of wandavision i bloody loved it but I, I love those, like, I love Bewitched. I love the Monsters. I love the Adam family. Like, I love those old, like, ridiculously kitschy black and white TV shows. Like, that is 100% up my street. So I knew I was going to love this anyways. Um, I think they're both great. I think Vision in particular, like, his character just fits into that world so perfectly. Um, I think the costuming is great. I think the various different kind of characters that we've met in it are great. I just, I loved everything about it. Absolutely loved it. You almost forget, because of his role in the Marvel films, you almost forget that Paul Bettany is obviously a very good actor. Mm. But Vision is, is not an especially rounded character, I'd say, in, in the MCU. Well, you think starting off as AI Jarvis, you know, he's kind of had to continue that, hasn't he? To a certain level, you no, know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not having a go. No, um, but I agree I, with you. It's not. He's not. He's not been like a necessarily a fan favorite. When you look on Twitter, Wanda has got fans in the thousands and thousands. Vision, not so much. Yeah, I'm not well, talking I've, about um, from you know 30, 40 year old men, but like there's oh, there's a there's I do a like Scarlet Witch. Oh, I do like a bit of that Wanda. <laughs> Sinead just recalled Ugh. in horror. Don't blame her. Uh, you've got a lot of fan accounts for Wanda versus versus Vision yeah that does not surprise me at all um, Mr D did you manage to catch the episodes no not the second one no um, well I don't know I haven't made up my mind about it yet and obviously I haven't seen the second one so um, it, it's, it's interesting it's different uh, give them applaud for that um, so yeah I'm still still uh Still interested. Still going to keep watching it. Certainly watch the second episode this week. Hopefully, I think. Um, so, so me and my wife watched it, and she was her her biggest complaint was, "Well, I don't know what's going on." And basically, and, and I've seen this reaction quite a lot. Like, it's I wouldn't say it's been Marmite, but it's certainly there's been certainly more people that have kind of turned against it very quickly than I expected. And, you know, she said, well, I just want to know what's going on. Why are they just keeping everything so secretive? And I was like, we watched Lost for five years, six <laughs> years, where, like, they gave you, like, the, the smallest crumb, you know, almost in every season. You were just watching it, waiting for something to happen. and But you kept watching and you was obsessed with it. This is the same. Like, to me, it's it's no different. I think, I think the difference is, though, is you have a with marvel it kind of explains itself fairly well you know it's quite open about what it is i think if you've seen the trailer i think you've seen the trailer you're not questioning things as much as you are had you not seen the trailer because the trailer to me kind of gives you a, a very good idea of what is actually going on i think the other problem with it though and i've seen this i saw this with a few people was well it's not very funny is it and also like why is it filmed like this and i think the thing is like you know, we, a lot of us kind of were aware growing up of 
you know, like you say, you know, things like Bewitch. We used to get, you know, repeats of Bewitch, Bewitch when we were growing up. Um, and the Monsters and Yams Family and I Dream with Genie. So, and I Love Lucy. So we kind of know these very, like, schlocky 50s, 60s sitcoms. And if you were making, you know, they, they to me, perfectly recreated those era of sitcoms. Like, everything about it was, you know, sets were great. Um, the way they did the special effects, you know, it was, it was the same kind of thing that you expect. You know, obviously, modern technology is a bit better, but, you know, still tried to keep it in the same kind of vein. I think the way they did it was great. And I loved as well the fact that in both episodes we had different intros. Um, you know, one was animated, different theme songs as well yeah. to kind of explain it. it was. And also what I didn't really, or what I didn't pick up on, but I've since kind of like found out is, you know, next episode is a 70s sitcom. Then there's an 80s and a 90s sitcom. So, and each one, they are different. You know, some of they're it's colour. The Office is like the Office style as well. Oh, okay, cool. So they go up yeah. to like the 2000s. So the thing is like every episode is framed slightly differently with the same kind of core characters but you know the the the, the sets of it. i mean even the, the thing that got me as well in the second episode i picked it up straight away the house was different mm. yeah you know you saw the bedroom at first you didn't realize it was different but then as soon as they come downstairs well the staircase is in a different place you know there's a brick wall where there wasn't a brick wall before the furniture is different you know the, the the whole thing was different what i found astounding though the budget for this show is $25 million an episode. I'm not sure where that's being spent, if I'm honest, because it doesn't look like it costs that much at all, but it is done really well. And I'm really, you know, I, I've kind of, you know, looked into the Easter eggs a little bit more, tried to work out where it's it's probably heading to. Obviously, it's going to tie into uh, Phase 4 of the Marvel films, but so far, I'm, I'm fully, fully invested in this. Really impressed with what i've seen so far i'm interested think, i've read the I'm... comic book series that it's taken inspiration from when house i first saw yeah house of mouse um i've read that before and when i saw um i don't know if it's in the first or second episode so i won't give it away but there's a there's a item in the house that references it and then i saw that and then i I've reread the comic book because I've got the Marvel Comics app, and it's, def it's definitely one of the main comics. They're obviously going to add the MCU spin to it, so it won't be as what it, what you expect it to be. But I'm really like we watched the first two episodes back to back. After the first episode, Donna was like, oh, I'm "Not really sure." I was like, "Well, let's it's thirty minutes. Let's do the second one." And by the end of the second one, it starts to reveal a bit more what's going on. You start to question more and more things. And you, you find yourself more interested in, as, as to where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think where a lot of people are not necessarily jarring with it is people have just been kind of accustomed to Marvel movie, aliens, loads of fighting, superpowers, and that's it. And that's very much not what this is right now. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to end up, but that's definitely very much where it isn't now so i think a lot of people kind of went into it expecting a marvel version of the mandalorian mm. and whilst i think it is kind of doing a great job of storytelling it is very different to the mandalorian but this is kind of the first 
other big show that's not just like a behind the scenes Disney show that we've seen. So the only thing people kind of had to compare it to was the Mandalorian. So I think a lot of people went in just seeing Marvel TV show. Okay, it'll be fighting and superpowers and all this good stuff all the time. Whereas it's very different to that. We're going to get that from Falcon Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Loki will be heavily action based. Um, this, this for me is obviously the start of the next phase, which is you know, it's quite something to, to base the, the start of a whole next phase of Marvel on on this TV show. But this is where, I mean, this, this is leading into Doctor Strange. This is leading into Spider-Man 3. We're already getting massive rumours of a multiverse. I think, you know, we're going to see some of that starting to come into this show. I don't, I don't think there's rumours, is there? I mean, Doctor Strange well, is called... <laughs> You know, Madness of the multiverse, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think, I think but more, more Spidey it. than anything else. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and apparently, Charlie Cox allegedly has filmed uh, yeah, Daredevil yeah. for Spider Man, so we'll see. I never watched the show, I know everyone raved about him, but I never saw the show, so I don't the know. The show is very good, yeah, I hear that. Uh, I just didn't want to get invested because I knew it'd be cancelled quite quickly. I'm such a sucker, um, but. I think the supporting cast has been great in this. Like, I love Catherine Han anyway. She's one of those actresses, whenever she appears in something, she stands out and she's great. And so far, she's been great in this as well. Um, But all the supporting cast have been good. Even uh, Russ from Friends. Mm. I know it's it's not David Schwimmer. A lot of people thought it was David Schwimmer. Very um, similar, though. Yeah. That's why I said he's Russ from Friends. He does Mm. look like Ross's evil twin. Um... But no, I'm I'm invested, and yeah, like you said, if you want the traditional Marvel thing, you've got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out after this finishes, and that will tick the boxes for that. That does not interest me anywhere near as much as as this does. Completely um, agree. Sure, it'd be good, and I, and I will enjoy watching it. But this, to me, being so quirky and off the wall, and just being different. Yeah. Um, I think those are the, those are things in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I've enjoyed the most. You know, your Guardians of the Galaxies, your Thor Ragnaroks, where they weren't just straight up comic book action. They had a bit more around them that was a bit different. Those are the the ones that really stand out for me. So I'll, I'll be honest. The, and- the, the most exciting part about Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me is the return of Baron Zemo. That's how much I dislike Falcon and Winter Soldier as characters. I, I quite like Winter Soldier. Falcon has never really nothing wrong with Anthony Mackie I like him as an no, actor no I completely agree yeah I, in, in fact in everything I've seen him in I've really liked him but the Falcon just seems like such a bit of a drip of I a just character. haven't given him well to be fair they've not given him enough time so hopefully no. we'll explore them a bit more yeah but yeah Baron Zemo great I love that they're just doing something that is so completely off the wall and I hope the kind of polarized reaction they've had about it doesn't kind of deter them for, from doing things like this and kind of taking more of a risk for lack of a better way of phrasing it because honestly I think if they did something not along these lines obviously but if they did something so completely different to everything else for the likes of Star Wars it might kind of help with the Star Wars fatigue that I think everybody's kind of feeling right now because everything is very formulaic and Mandalorian has kind of kind of changed that a bit or kind of pulled it back to that like original trilogy but I think we could do with something that is like this is such a breath of fresh air compared to everything marvel we've experienced so far and i hope Mm. they continue to kind of have that bit more out of the box thinking and it's not just rah i want iron man and explosions because that marvel doesn't just need to be that 
I think they're definitely testing. They're, they're definitely testing different genres. They 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 tried it a little bit in the past, and I think it has worked with like the likes of Winter Soldier was was a very spy spy esque flick, and and I thought I, that film is still one of the best MCU films. I didn't I didn't particularly care for Captain America, the first Avenger, mm. but and so I kind of I, I didn't go and see Winter Soldier when it came out of the cinema. I bought it when it came out because I wanted to see all the films. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a real favourite of mine for a long time. I mean, it's still a good film now, but you know, it, but it stood out as being a bit different again, you know, and I, th- I think you need a bit of variety. I think one of the reasons why the DC films kind of suffer so much is that they are so samey. They all kind of build up to like one big CGI battle at the end with like a villain that's got swooping camera shots because it's all filmed on green screen and it's just a bit naff. And I'm not yeah. saying Marvel don't do that because they do, but you know everything feels different and the way they lead up to it is different. And the characters are more rounded. The DC films feel very, very samey. Um, but I think, I think what we're going to get, I think you're going to get a lot of people that won't watch it weekly and will wait until the whole series is done and watch it then. Well, it's because... only going to be what four hours, isn't it? Really, in, in total. We'll yeah, it's eight only episodes, isn't it? Eight, uh, eight or nine episodes. I can't remember how many it's it's got now, but um, yeah, it's not going to be long. But I can see people waiting for it all to drop and then watch it yeah. because I think a lot of people are like, "Well, I don't really like where it's going so far," and then we'll find out. Oh, actually, it shifts here. So I'm not going to jump in here, but I'll I'll just play catch up now because I can. I think I think it will work better like that. I think it's interesting that they've announced Loki's got a second season already. Yeah, I mean, it, thing is, it makes sense. I mean, this was never going to get more than one season, um, pure, purely because of where. I mean, we know that Wanda's in in um, Doctor Strange, so it's, it's very unlikely for it to have a second season. Whereas Loki is in a different dimension, multiverse, whatever you want to call it. He can do whatever he wants over the space of however many seasons they want, and it could still be within one year six months of that current multiverse also do you know what i like as well ready with this this new kind of take on things is that it feels like a mini series and i, I mean a comic book mini series like when you get a four-part special or something you know it's it's got yeah. a story it's telling and it's going to be told in those in those things it's not like what netflix did with the marvel shows where it might get renewed it might not it might have a cliffhanger that's resolved. It might not. You know, with this, they've got a an idea of where they're going with this story, and that's what the, the story is going to be over this amount of time. So, I think I mean, Disney have such a great person in Feige, um, who is has like Charlie from It's Always Sunny, got every different thing mapped out on the it's a on the board. Yeah. And he's he's got the plan for the next phase. It's sorted. It's in the TV shows. It's in the movies. And you know they're probably already planning phase five. And um, I won't, I won't lie. When that, when it's, when I put it on, and I press play, and the the MCU role mm. started playing, even though I could watch any film up till now and seen the same thing, the fact I was seeing it attached to something new did give me like goosebumps. Yeah, like, it we felt were... really good. The logo came up, like and we were like, "Oh, this is the first Marvel thing we've seen since Spider Man." Yeah. And I mean, I love the Star Wars thing they do for, yeah. for the Mandalorian. I think that's a really nice yeah, thing like they it. do. But I think the other thing that was quite important with that, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but 
because it's the the same thing they put at the beginning of the Marvel films, this is essentially part, you know, this is part of that. It's mm. not a film you're watching, but this is part of this series yeah. of films. You know? I think that was a really good distinction. Or as I said, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But yeah, I suppose more on that as the weeks go on. Um, anything else from anyone else? Them for no. me? No. Yeah. Um, so all that's left is to say um, we we put a poll up about when we're going to do another quiz. Um, people wanted to do one of the weekend of the 29th of January. So look out on socials. We will be putting out information about how to join that and when it's actually going to be. Um, we might this time do it on Twitch. We haven't decided yet. It'll be Zoom or it'll be on Twitch or it might be on both. We you know We'll see what happens. But... Um, the details will be out on social media leading up to it. So if you want to get involved, then do it. Um, we're only charging $50 to join us this time. So uh, we've reduced our costs quite considerably from last time. Um, so hopefully it's more affordable to people. No, uh, of course not. It's yeah, free. trying to get that stay in Castle Club. I'm trying to get the Castle Club stay before it closes. Um, oh, no, you told I'm... me it was $100. What's going on here? <laughs> That's Special rate. That's... That was the last price. Yeah, staff discount. Um, but no, we've you know, this is I think the third one, Mr. D. Yeah. yeah. Third one, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And um it's been really fun to do those. You know, we've had some some good interactions with people, some that we knew before, some that we hadn't met before. So it's really good. So if you can join, please do. I mean, Jesus, we're in lockdown. What else are you gonna be doing? Yeah. I don't True. know. Um hi right. come and hang out. Well, yeah, exactly. And Mr. D will be doing the questions again, so you know that it's not going to be a walk in the park. No. So, if you like a bit of a challenge... Well, it may be a walk in the park, but it's still going to be easy. We have another music <laughs> round. We could do. Would you like another music round? It was, good. It was great, crack, yeah. Yeah, yeah music you, round. you guys did really well. But too good. Yeah, no one no wonder <laughs> she wants a music round. Uh, um... Yeah, so, so that's it for this bumper episode. So thank you, um, dear listener, for joining um, and, and listening. Thank you, Sinead. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Mr. D. Uh, thank you, Craig, I suppose. We didn't even get to talk about Mr. Ripley's. Not bit of news, but it was going to be a talking point because there was just so much to cover in this episode. So maybe we'll hold on to that for next week, next time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I had a little mini rant as well. I'll keep that for next time. Oh, superb. Ooh, sounds good. It's yeah. only a mini rant, right? It's just a little thing, but it pissed me off, basically. <laughs> so that's the kind in of two weeks' time, we it'll be an unmerciful rant. Yeah, so. and it's, it's directed at people who make science fiction movies, in particular Star Wars movies and series. Mm. Right, watch out. <laughs> little tease. Yeah. Um, so that will be it for now. Um, in the meantime... If you want to hear even more of my annoying voice, then I will be on uh, this week's episode of Mickey Waffles due to come out at the end of the week, Sinead. Yeah, Friday. I mean, we're talk- I'm saying that now, that's as long as I don't get run over by a bus tomorrow. If that doesn't happen... Is that lately? Um, I, don't normally, come on. I don't normally walk in front of buses, so hopefully not. He has a um, new jazzy helmet. They'll see him from space. That is true. Yeah, it does look so. like Ryder or Ray Ray Cop. Yeah, he um, may trip over those slippers, though, trying to get out of the way of the bus. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, so listen listen to that. Listen to Theme Park Trader. 
Um, and who knows, there might be some more podcasts coming your way from us. In fact, that reminds me, I want all of you here now, Fast and Furious 6, do it to yourselves. You'll, you'll thank right. me afterwards. Uh, we'll recall that next week. And we will see you for another Disney Parks and Beyond in two weeks. See you later. Bye. Bye.